welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We have Adam, we have Rhiannon, we have myself, Caleb, and if you're looking for a silver lining in the chaos that is the planet around us, we can podcast all day long and still stay safely socially distanced. So... Uh, this podcast can keep going, you know, be like the cockroaches and us might be the only things left, but, uh, we can still podcast. That's, that's good news, right? That is a very accurate description. The cockroaches and us. My mom, my mom called me up worried this week that the internet was going to, um, overload. She was like, is the internet going to be able to handle everybody at home? streaming their school and podcasts and whatever. Yeah, if you live anywhere but Iowa. Iowa's the only spot that'll happen. I do kind of wonder about, like, Netflix and Disney+. Plus, Because, like, sometimes on, like, New Year, like, Christmas Eve or, like, times when lots of people stay home and watch stuff, it does kind of, like, their servers aren't infinite, right? I guess we'll see. Caleb gives people one more thing to have anxiety about. <laughs> no kidding. It is odd, though, as someone with anxiety to see everyone else suddenly have anxiety and Twitter just freaking out. Maybe it's psychopathic of me to kind of enjoy it a little bit. I feel like this is the time for the introverts to rise and just sort of be like, yes! Right. Welcome! I'm like Loki in Thor Ragnarok where he holds out his arms and says, your savior has arrived, or whatever. (laughs) So a friend of mine did post, like, reminding that some of the introverts are now trapped at home with people they're not usually around 24-7. So uh, this is still some introverts' um, hell. So, um, yeah, I forgot civilization existed just from one day of telework on Thursday. And so I left my house and I walked towards Times Square because, I mean, uh, I'm dumb. And I walked to about, I got to like 34th Street, and then it got really crowded, and I was like, eh, I need groceries. So I walked to Trader Joe's, which is probably more crowded than Times Square. Um, I posted pictures on Twitter of what that was like. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle it. At least like when you're home alone, you still have your wife and kids and stuff, and there's some social interaction. All right, let's jump into the Marvel stuff. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts. I don't even know how to keep track of it all. Let's start with films. So, New Mutants has been <laughs> delayed again. why not? Which, let's be honest, it's just kind of right. funny. Kind of Um, and, uh, Black Widow, though, is still in place. So, Disney pushed back, I think, three or four things. They definitely pushed back New Mutants and Mulan. Um, I want to say they had maybe something else. And... They're still keeping Black Widow in place for now, which seems an interesting position since Fast and Furious, which was the other big temple beyond it, has now moved back a year to 2021. Um, any thoughts on New Mutants or Black Widow? I know we talked about it last week. It, there's gotta be... Black Widow's gotta move. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't. Um... But I mean, but like I was saying last week, what if all of this stuff after it like, it needs to be out there before all of this stuff after it, and they don't have a place to move it. Yeah, that's the the story, right? The interconnectedness may become an issue here very quickly. I think the bigger question is, and we talked about this online some last night. Here's my take, my uneducated take. By May 1st, 
either the social distancing will have worked and the numbers will be down and we'll feel safe to go out again, or it will have not worked and we'll go, screw it. I'm just going to go live my life because clearly social distancing didn't work. You know, like I'm still struggling to see a scenario where six weeks from now, we're still all staying indoors because either it'll be effective and we'll be over it or it'll be ineffective and we'll be over it. But I just don't, I don't know. Does that seem crazy or it just seems to me there's a shelf life for how long we're all going to stay cooped up inside. Absolutely. I'm absolutely with you. And I mean, Amy, the, the, the theaters are open. Like AMC's plan is they're only selling half as many tickets to a show. Um, they're decreasing their, you know, like of all of the things, cause I've put a lot of thought into what I would still do these days. Um, like, I think you could still have a movie theater open and be six feet away from everybody there. And people will want to get out and that will feel like a safe thing to do. So I, I, I don't see the moving Black Widow. That's my hot take, my prediction. Certainly, um, there was talk that New Mutants could maybe be pushed to streaming, but it seems like Disney is allergic to doing that. Like, they have chose to move up Frozen 2 and Rise of Skywalker so that those are available sooner than they would have been. But thus far, Adam, as far as we can tell, Disney's not willing to put a theatrical release onto streaming. For... As much as Disney said they've prioritized Disney Plus, it very much seems they don't really have a clear um, idea of what they want to do with it. Kind of, I know uh, THR, was it? Um, did a really lengthy piece on it this week, and, and they pretty much said that Disney Plus is a big part of why Bob Iger switched gigs and Bob Iger's going to try getting uh Disney Plus on the right track. Um it's hard to believe New Mutants is even going to make a dent at the box office, right? We're talking Dark Phoenix numbers. Um unless they do something and slap the Marvel Studios logo on it. I mean, I'm not sure I'll go opening weekend. Um I guess I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know. What? How? How many people would sign up for Disney Plus just because New Mutants is on it? You know. I mean, I can't imagine that many. And I would also imagine it'd be nearly impossible to segregate out that data to figure out if they did it for that or if they just did it because they're at home and they're bored and they're going to go watch Mighty Ducks 2 or something. We should also, I mean, if it is a streaming play, it's probably not Disney Plus either because of the horror undertones, right? I mean, it is PG-13, but, I mean, what's does Disney have any spooky-type movies on there now? Bed knobs and Broomsticks. I mean, someone did mention they had 10 Things I Hate About You, which is... Like, I don't know. It's a it's a solid PG-13 movie. Like, that is... I mean, there's people drawing penises on each other's faces and, like... Let me put it this way. I remember a parent coming from the other room and turning it off when me and my friends watched it in high school. So, it's not like it's, uh, you know... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's been all this talk. 
about the stuff Disney won't let on Disney Plus. I just don't think we know until we see those shows whether that's overreaction or them, you know, doing something that makes sense. I mean, but if they're going to let Guardians of the Galaxy be on Disney Plus, which had like a whole scene of Rocket doing dick jokes, I feel like the bar is already pretty raunchy for PG 13 ish. Maybe they are going to push the PG 13 boundaries. Do they have like a parental control, Caleb, that you can make it like all PG? Um, the I mean, I don't know. They may. The biggest thing you can do is you can set up an account that's a kid's account. And it looks totally different than the normal account. Netflix does this too. And like, so instead of grouping things by IP, it's like, here's shows about animals. Here's shows about princesses. Here's shows about superheroes. Like, it's just, you know, and they do filter content when you have a child account. So cool. The other coronavirus stuff is that we are seeing production delays. So... Falcon and Winter Soldier continues to be cursed as they are now leaving Prague after just shooting there for three or four days. Um, we heard that Shang-Chi is on a a delay as they're testing the director to see if he has coronavirus. Uh, if not, we get the sense it might start back up. Uh, Loki, there's been rumors that maybe it would cancel, but it looks like they're just moving in to do studio work for now. Um, does this, have you guys worried at all that we're not going to get these shows as quickly as we hoped we'd get them? Maybe this is more of, uh, Feige learning what television production is like too, uh, needing all that flexibility with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think there's going to be a whole lot of changes in flexibility over the next six months because of this, but this is like we talked about earlier, maybe just a month or two of delays with some long-term effects but a month or two of delays and then hopefully we can move on with our lives. I think what will be interesting is to see if they just change their approach. Like it's really cool to be able to do onset shooting of beautiful spots in Prague. But when push comes to shove, just stick them in front of a green screen. You know, like I know that is not as, as nice and cinematic and beautiful I just have a hard time to think that Disney's going to look at this conundrum and go, well, we could move this show back two months and give even less content to Disney plus and mess up our whole timeline and wait to get the prog shots. Or we can say, screw it, put them in front of a green screen and we'll Google image search and just pop prog behind them. You know, like it seems to me they're just going to go more green screen heavy with some of this stuff. And it, feels like they can do that i mean we've already heard with loki they feel like if they can keep a set that's relatively limited to just you know essential cast and crew that they're kind of doing it a version of the social distancing and so i don't know it seems to me that we're just going to see more stuff green screened and less on uh, you know on site stuff but right all right uh let's jump around to uh some non corona news uh, we found out this week that Thor is going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy, or excuse me, the other yeah, way, around. way around. Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy is going to be in Thor: Love and Thunder. Adam, you're a big Guardians fan. Are you pumped to see a Taika Waititi directed Guardians stuff? Sure, I'm not convinced uh, Vin Diesel actually knows what he's saying. 
I mean, it makes sense either that way or, I mean, it, it was expected either the Guardians would be in Thor or Thor would be in Guardians 3. So it's not too surprising. It's hard to imagine they'd put the whole group in there. Um, I mean, I could see the whole group being there at the beginning and one or two of them kind of having a supporting role throughout. Because, I mean, you throw the Guardians, you know, you throw Star-Lord, Gamora, Nebula, Rocket, Groot all in there. Um, Plus you have Jane Foster, plus you have Valkyrie, plus you have Korg and Meek, plus you have Christian Bale's character. Um, Plus you, I mean, that doesn't leave much room for Better Ray Bill, does it? Um, It could, I don't know. Um, They've been known to throw a lot of people in a movie and still make a story out of it. I mean, it'd be like Civil War or, um, it's, I mean, it does go to show that they are seemingly increasingly going away from solo movies, I guess, which makes sense because, you know, you're casting a huge net and, and that most people want to see that the way it is, I guess. Do you think maybe they originally had plans for Guardians 3 to be before Thor 4? And because of the delays with James Gunn, they had to do a little bit of a Guardians to get Thor away from the Guardians and get maybe there was a good story that they had planned told in this movie before they could move on to the Thor movie. That's totally possible because Guardians was supposed to... uh, Guardians originally had the Black Widow date, I thought. Or it was a 2020 movie at one point. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I I think that... I wouldn't be surprised if this is only a scene to, like, detach Thor. Because if we go into Thor 4 and there's no mention of the Guardians, it's going to be like, well, wait a second. We just saw Endgame and he was with the Guardians. What happened? You know, like, we're going to want some kind of closure. It kind of strikes me like the uh, the reveal that Loki was on the throne of Asgard pretending to be Odin. Like, that felt like a setup for the next movie when that happened in Thor The Dark World. And then Taika in the first 10 minutes, like, resolved that plot point because he didn't want to go anywhere with it. And so I feel like we might have something like that with this, where Taika's going to have to do something to get the Guardians out of the way. Where there's just a single scene where Thor's like, oh, I've heard from Jane. I haven't seen her in a long time. I'll be back. I'll see you guys next movie. And then he takes off, you know. I don't know. Thor and the Guardians searching for his lost ex-girlfriend or something would be a little bit of fun for the first act convincing them that they need to go search for jane instead of whatever treasure or such that they're after i'd i'd be fine with that for the first act I'm, i would be much more excited for that than a first act where we remember thorn jane's love or whatever or we spend a lot of time with darcy or something like that yeah yeah all right, uh, we've been getting rumblings on Spider-Man Far From 4 or Far From 3, whatever it is. I was getting confused with Thor. Um, Tom Holland's really excited about the script. And then there was a tweet last week by, is it Michael Mando? Is that his name? Play Scorpion? I always see his name and it always feels like a Star Wars thing. You know, like, his name's really Mando? Uh, uh, it was just his face and a scorpion. Uh, would you be excited to see Scorpion as the villain of the next Spider-Man movie? If you're listening to the podcast, there was an extended uh, pause here that I probably cut out because it was very quiet. Mm, mm. 
Sure. I mean, it's not my first choice. But I don't even know who my first choice is, so I don't know why I said that. But... Well, they are in this interesting point where it's like, do we go back to villains that we've already used? Or do we just go deeper into obscure villains? Like, I guess Craven is like the one last one that people are kind of excited about, but... It's not much longer until they're going to start having to go to Polka Dot Man or something, you know. I mean, that's the thing. Mando could just totally be messing with everyone. Or he could be the villain in the the thing. I mean, I think it makes sense, especially if, if Spidey's on the run or if they're doing Craven's Last Hunt to do a, a, a faux Sinister Six type thing, right? Where a bunch of these um, villains are hunting him down, right? Yeah, I think it could be cool to create like a uh, like a, a enemies triangle where like Scorpion somehow gets the Scorpion powers and is causing trouble, and Spidey's after Scorpion, but Craven is trying to hunt both of them down, you know, as like a prize. And so like you've got all three of those guys kind of in this triangle of trying to get each other. I think could be interesting. Certainly would structure the movie a little bit differently. And if you've read the Morbius, I don't want to spoil it. If you've read the Morbius, yeah, it's not a spoiler, though, because you saw him in the trailer. Oh, that Vulture shows up? Yeah, about the, yeah. Uh, also, did you guys see this week? Somebody was like, oh, Morbius will be a movie about a guy who tries to heal a disease by doing something with bats. That'll go over real well in our current <laughs> environment. <Right. laughs> Yeah, I think we, we talk about it a lot. A lot of people, like, we're very aware. We're very uh, into all of these little details. I think for the common public, they'll gloss over the bat part and people won't connect what we have right now. How many people right now really, truly connect this virus to bats? True. I, I don't see that as a big deal. That's going to be the next news. They're They're going to push back Morbius now. Even though it's a July release. I don't think they're going to touch July. Unless they're wanting to, like, the only way I see them touching July is if they have a movie they're pushing right now. And they want to push it to July and therefore they take something in July and push it. And that's what I'm saying. If they move Black Widow, they're going to have a cascading move. They'll probably move it into one of the other Marvel time slots. Right. And push everything. And I don't think they want to lose that kind of money. I think they'd rather take a hit on Black Widow than not have a movie at all. And as we've said, at the rate we're going, we're going to be so ecstatic for anything to be out and something to do come May that uh, it could make Black Widow a $1.5 billion movie, you know? Like, who knows? Right. And that's what, I mean, I think, like, all of the, uh, crap, I read the AMC press release this morning. Like, all of their, you know, we're only selling half the theater and all that. It ends before Black Widow. I think it ends, like, the week before Black Widow. Yeah, actually, I want to say the one I saw, it ends, like, the night. It ends the Thursday night that she premieres. Yeah, she's is the April 30th. So, um... That's no accident. That's no accident. I mean, it might mean nothing, but Marvel continues. They're pushing, like, contests to go to the premiere... And there's, like, they're doing magazine covers, like, I don't know. There's a lot of, like, promotional push stuff. Maybe it's just too late to pull it, but it seems like they are continuing full stream ahead. 
But also, everybody's at home. They're looking for content. They're looking for things to be excited about. I think they're taking a calculated risk here to be... They want to be that thing everything everybody goes toward. I don't think it's all coincidence. I, th- I think there's also interesting monopoly apologetic here. Like, maybe this is the last thing anyone's thinking about. But everyone's like, oh, Marvel's going to be... Or Disney's so bad for theaters and... They're such bullies and their distribution practices. It's a monopoly. It's not good for the industry. I think there's an argument to be made if you're Disney of like, no, we're going to still put this out, even though it'll take a hit, because we want to communicate to the distributors like, we're not your enemy. We're actually the only ones helping you out. Like Universal and Sony and everybody else are bailing, but we're going to give you product because we care, you know? Way to turn Disney into the savior right after they just delayed three movies. Speaking of Disney and other studios, I'm interested in your take. Adam, you've been the biggest Sony defender on the podcast. What'd you do with this news that Sony is hiring the guy who wrote Amazing Spider-Man 2 to write that still as of yet unnamed Spider-Man spinoff for next October? Um... Uh, I mean, it's very well, totally possible. It's not his fault. Um, for the most part, scripts aren't entirely bad. I mean, in a, in a th- place like Amazing Spider-Man, it, it's clear there was plenty of studio interference. So, so it's awfully tricky to uh, place the blame. Uh, especially when you're doing features, right? Um, He might have gotten the credit, but we all know there was how many people that had their hand in tweaking the script or or editing or executive decisions or so on and so forth. So well to give the dude a shot. Because, I mean, for what? What's his credits? I don't even know the guy's name, but I'm sure he has more credits than Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I get the sense he hasn't worked much since Amazing Spider-Man 2, though. Marcus and McFeely. Sure, they wrote Infinity War and Endgame, but then they also wrote, what, Thor the Dark World and Thor? For the record, Amazing Spider-Man 2 has 52% on Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't necessarily super bad in the superhero world, especially for a non-MCU. But see, that's the thing, man. No one's going to give this damn movie a chance. It's untitled Spider-Man movie, and people are still writing it off because it's... It's Sony, and that's that's what I that's what I don't get. Because in the same breath, people say, "Oh man, I hate Sony. They need to give Spider Man back to Marvel." But then they're happy that Sam Raimi is doing Doctor Strange too. Like it doesn't make sense. I, I mean, pick a lane, dude. Like we can't. I don't get it. But whatever, man. I think the thing is, Sony has earned back some credibility by doing some good stuff with the Tom Holland Spider-Man. And just as they're starting to get momentum on their Spider-Man stuff, they're like, okay, so we're going to do another spinoff, and uh, we're going to hire the guy who wrote the movie you all hate. Like, to me, if nothing else, it's just a PR misstep, right? Like, surely there's some other screenwriter they could have brought in that does not bring the stink of Amazing Spider-Man 2 onto this movie that's what seems weird to me right but i mean what happens if he's a good writer and someone messed with who was who was uh head of sony at the time was it still 
what's his nuts? I believe that's exactly um, his name. I believe it's William What's His Nuts. Yeah. I don't know, man. You know. That's that's the birth name of most CEOs. <laughs> Bob Iger, little known fact, was born as <laughs> Robert What's His Nuts. Yeah. For the Rexo Roberto Orsi, Orki Orsi. I mean, he did do some Transformers movies, but he's a uh, um Oh, he co-created Fringe. Um and he's also writing partners with Alex Kurtzman. Um so I'm not worried about that. Kurtzman's killing it with all Star Trek stuff. I mean, and there's also people grow in their career. Like stuff people do earlier in their career can be crap, but they could still like develop and be a better writer as they go on. He also did rewrite the Watchmen script. So he wrote, rewrote Zack Snyder's Watchmen script. Not HBO Watchmen. So, I mean, give the guy a chance. I mean, it, that's the thing. Sony Sony has such an uphill battle with every damn movie they they do. It's Do we care what this movie is? Like, do, are, are we harboring any hopes? See, exactly. What happens? I mean, what happens if it's... What happens if it's Craven's Last Hunt? Or what happens if it's some big thing? What, a clone saga? Or what other big Spider-Man events would just be totally nuts? A Maximum Carnage movie? Maximum Carnage. You know? Um, can it be Can it be Miles Morales? Yeah, why not? It would be interesting. I My guess is that Feige and Pascal have had conversations where Feige has kindly asked her to leave her hands off of miles but we'll see i'm not sure how much control she still has though i think she's only attached to the uh current franchises though right uh isn't she still calling the shots on like morbius and venom and stuff i don't know that's why i said the current ones that's why i'm not sure if this would be part of that or who the figurehead is i think it's probably aviard Arad. yeah I mean, and that was just totally conjecture. I would just think Miles has got to be somewhere in Kevin Feige's plans. And I would think that if you're Sony, you know, if Kevin Feige asks you to stay off something, you do. I think you want to keep that relationship positive. Whatever. I mean, it's their asset. And that's the thing, man. Sony didn't have to do this new damn deal with Marvel. They didn't have to do it. They didn't have, well, no, but that's my point. They didn't have to, but they wanted to, which they means. They wanted to, and they did. They're, they're doing all you a favor. Right. So it means they want to have a good relationship with Marvel. So they're not going to tick off Feige just to tick him off. Well, and it added value to their products. I mean, the main reason people are expecting any sort of quality from Sony is because Marvel added value to the Spider-Man franchise on screen. It seems like they, you know, Sony would be wise to listen to Marvel's advice because they seem to know how to keep the value up. Venom did make more than most Marvel movies with no Marvel involvement. I don't think it made more than most MCU movies. Most? Yeah, I would say more than half, wouldn't it? I don't know. We'd have to actually look at it. it that'd be an interesting. I, I'm real 50 50 on whether it did or not. It, it's close. It'd be right I'm about sorry. the 50%. No, I'm going to pull it I, I would say. The most. What did it finish at like seven fifty, right or more? 
Uh, I think it finished like 850, but... 856. This is, this is great radio. Alright, so, right? So, Venom finished with 856. How many movies made more than 856? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. It, yes, it would be between... Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok. Okay, so it was that's almost exactly the fifty percent mark. So most. I mean it's still <laughs> You are technically correct, Adam, by one and the majority MCU movie. of Marvel movies. Is that better? <laughs> it made more than uh Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Gal the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Doctor Strange. It once you both Ant Man infl- movies. Once you include inflation, it would be in the bottom third, but that's okay. Mm. I'm just saying you can't compare to I mean like Iron Man is way down on that list but but that's because inflation and international markets and all that stuff coulda woulda shoulda alright uh, let's see what else do I have in my news oh so I had in my notes FFF and I was like what is that and I remembered Fin Fang Foom so there's talk that there's going to be Fin Fang Foom in Shang-Chi uh, does that excite you uh, to see that in a movie? Shang-Chi is the Iron Fist movie Kevin Feige's always wanted. Yeah, it is another dragon making it into a movie, isn't it? He's gone on record and publicly said he wanted an Iron Fist movie. Um, They ordered, I mean, they wrote an Iron Fist script not that long ago. Eight, ten, eight years ago, eight, ten years ago. Um... So yeah, I would say this is the thing he's he's always wanted. So if he can use Fin Fang Foom and um, the Immortal Tournament somehow, um, he might as well do it. And does this, I mean, so Adam, does this bode well for maybe a sequel to Shang-Chi having Iron Fist in it? A reboot? I sure hope so. Or are they using all the Iron Fist ideas on this movie? <laughs> Right, uh, they'll probably they'll probably put like in Fat Cobra and Dog Brother and all sorts of Iron Fist people that weren't used. I don't know. I, I'm fine with it. I mean, I, yeah, Shang Chi's great. Fin Fang Foom, that would be amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm still holding out hope that you know Iron Fist. You know, I want nothing more for them to cast Jessica Henwick as Iron Fist and put her in Shang Chi too as a supporting character. That's like top shelf stuff. I mean, I don't ever expect Iron Fist to actually get a movie movie, um, but I think the character's worth worth a supporting role. Did you see Henwick's new haircut? I did. It's, it's pretty uh, drastic, but yeah, it's it cool. Well, along those lines, Adam, uh, we also saw that the Creed two actor who played like Ivan Drago Jr is apparently going to be a bad guy in Shang-Chi. Have you, uh, have you picked your Tournament of Champions character you hope he is? or Any of the above? Uh, not any Iron Fist characters, because then that means they would uh, there would be an uproar, because I think all the Tournament of Champions characters are Asian. Uh, Prince of Orphans isn't. John Amon's not. But he's more of a Doctor Strange wizard and not a... Um, professional kickboxer that could rip you apart with his hands. All right. Uh, uh, only other news thing I had here. Oh, 
Um, and I have this mostly to bug Adam. We've heard confirmation that New Mutants has Lockheed in it. And so even New Mutants was able to get a dragon. All right, see you guys. <laughs> I, mean, I thought we knew that, though. We could have, we saw, kind of saw the little fella in the trailer. Oh, did we? Okay. Oh, we watched the trailer? Speedo trailer. Are we talking Black Widow trailer, or did we totally yeah. skip over No, that was that? my plan right now, literally, as we finish the news. Not that I want to talk about it, but, yeah, Lockheed was in the trailer floating around Demon Bear. So talking about trailers, Black Widow, a final trailer, has been released. Now, we did. I did a little poll on our Marvel News desk. I don't know. We didn't get a ton of responses, but we got some. It seems that the general public is far more excited about this than we are. So I feel like we have to huh. recalibrate a little. Yeah, because it was like, uh, I don't know, you, one of you can pull it up. We did a poll, and it was like 65% of people are really excited about this movie, and then it was like 20% were like, uh, I don't know, we'll see. And then like only like 10 or 15%, which I think two of them were you, were like, nah, I can't get that excited. No, oh. I didn't vote, I didn't in vote in it either. I didn't oh, see it. there were two immediate no's, so I figured that was you two. <laughs> no, it was it was it was a bit of a week for me. So, I mean, let's we'll, we'll talk about it, Adam. I know that you are not super excited. That is accurate. So, what what was missing from the trailer for you? Uh, everything. I don't know. I just, you guys know, I don't really care for spy movies. The only action franchise I actively care about is John Wick. Um, what's includes a lot more guns and shooting and explosions. Um, I don't know, man. Taskmaster's rubbing me the wrong way. I just can't get excited for it. Maybe it's a hazard of the job. Maybe it's not good marketing maybe it's a character we've seen for 10 years i don't know i just can't get excited for it rhiannon how did you feel watching the trailer things happened and it was just like all of these little one-liners i i tried to watch it with an open mind i was i'm very curious the music behind the trailer didn't seem to fit what i was seeing and to me it didn't feel like it made it a unique movie it was something that whatever score was incorporated with what I was seeing. I felt like they could have used that to give me a feel that we were in a whole new world and a different um, situation, but it's almost like a video maker went in and picked action movie score for this trailer and gave it a very generic feel. I feel like if we took that same trailer and we put different music behind it, I would have a completely different feeling of what was happening um but otherwise like there was nothing in it that got me excited but i'm still trying to keep an open mind if they do the marvel friends and family thing i'll still see it before opening night i'm kind of curious exactly what kind of movie this is because there was talk like last summer when was it d23 or somewhere that people got to see like advanced footage and there was kind of talk that there was a little more like raw, gritty, hand-to-hand combat stuff. And I think I set myself up like mentally that this was going to have kind of like a daredevil fight scene kind of feel to it. You know, like kind of like actual fighting where people get 
like fatigued and you're like, I don't know, cracking people's heads against, you know, like the ledge of a sink or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but like something that feels, you know, a little raw and edgy and real. And for me, every time there's a big special effects shot, like there was some fighting stuff that looks like, oh, that'll be interesting. And then they're like, and here's Black Widow hanging from a rope from a helicopter doing a fast and furious like and there's a there's an avalanche behind her. And it's like it just seems so, so much. And I think I'd rather there's another scene, though, of like her and Taskmaster and what seemed like a really small enclosed room. And I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, I would far rather her try to fight Taskmaster in a phone booth than her, like, escape from an avalanche while a nuclear bomb is going to explode. You know, like, I just, I want, the movie feels too big, I think, sometimes for me. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I feel like I've seen a lot of this before. And that they just made it into a generic superhero movie. And I'm having a hard time being excited. There were a few action beats that I kind of liked. Um, there's a spot where like Red Guardian picks up the shield and like throws it into Taskmaster while he hangs from the side of a plane that I just thought had some good punch to it. And I think that Taskmaster's ability to copy people's powers is kind of interesting. Uh, Adam, did you not have any excitement like seeing him like copying? Black Panther and Cap and Spider-Man like is there any of that that seems like an interesting premise to you or I did not get excited because I expected because I did not get excited because Taskmaster had the powers that I fully expected him to have I mean that's his deal he copies stuff so I'd be more surprised if he wasn't doing any of that, you know? Um, I, like I said, I thought I'd get, get around to his look and they've turned it into another, probably a disgraced Stark employee or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, he taskmaster, he or her, um, he or she hasn't impressed me with what we've seen so far. I was impressed, though, by how thoroughgoing the copying is. Like, at least in the trailers, Taskmaster doesn't hardly move. Like, almost every shot of Taskmaster in that trailer can be compared to a shot of something else in the MCU. It seems like they've put a lot of attention into the detail, which I appreciate. Uh, Other people have noticed in the background, apparently um, Rachel Weiss's character has a Iron Maiden, not like the... British rock band, but the Marvel character uh, mask in her arsenal. Is that Adam? I don't even know this character. Do you know who Iron Maiden is? I think she's a Black Widow bad guy. Black Russian black. Yeah, it's kind of that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people have thought she's going to be um, Taskmaster, but I, I mean, she's Iron Maiden. I mean, that's I, I don't know why they're keeping that such a secret. Um, her being Iron Maiden a secret. Maybe her and Taskmaster are working together, and they don't want to reveal her as Iron Maiden yet because that would spoil her villainy. I guess I don't know, but I mean, I would suggest I would think that's the the uh, 
big twist of the movie, I guess, is that she's orchestrating all this or whatever, even though she's taking a, a mother-like role with it. Rhiannon, you mentioned some of the, the, the quips. Uh, I know people have mocked Marvel movies for always having to have little jokes. This is the first time I watched a trailer and I was like, you know, I would have been okay with this not being funny. Like, it was the first time that the humor felt forced yeah. for me in a Marvel trailer. Because usually I really enjoy the the comedic, like, intermixing. Exactly. I think the other interesting thing is we are going to have a army of Black Widows, it looks like. I think I mentioned before, I was really nervous in Captain America Winter Soldier. There was just going to be Cap and Bucky against an army of people with their same powers. And it looks like this movie really is Black Widow against an army of people with her same powers. Um, I don't know. To me, that premise just doesn't... It feels like Age of Ultron again. Just like an army of... I think this is where I'm getting hung up. Is I'm just not... I don't feel like I see anything new in this movie. Like, there's nothing here that, like, expands the universe or does something that we haven't seen before. It just kind of feels like another one. And usually by the last trailer, usually we feel that way when we see the first trailer or the first and second trailer. But usually by the last trailer, there's some little surprise that's like, oh, crap, I thought this was going to be this one thing. And now it's got this, you know, they hinted at this twist and it's really exciting. And now I'm excited. I have to see it. And I'm not there. I want to be there. And I'm sure there is something in this movie that was... I mean, like, I still have faith that Marvel will come through and that we will have something uh, good and surprising. Um, but they just haven't shown it to us yet. I had no idea what Adam was doing there. I just looked over and he suddenly... Anyways. It's freezing here! Ah! Oh, I am burning... Up. It's like 70 degrees outside of my radiators running. Really? Give us some of that heat because it's like 20 degrees here. And a GD sure. blizzard. Out. <laughs> oh, don't breathe on me. I'm sending coronavirus ah! with it. supposed to be social distancing, Rhiannon. Uh, <laughs> I'm sending coronavirus with it. I cannot wait to see the Twitter comments after this one. Because people <laughs> just yell at us for being so... I don't know, I just can't get excited for it. And there's already all sorts of Black Widow stands and and Tasha stands. I feel and... like if somebody took the trailer and they put different music behind it and made it feel like a spy thriller type... Dun, 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 um, that was my really just bad... Just put bad. James Bond theme music on yeah, it? Yeah, just do it to the James Bond theme music and I might get excited. I mean, that was the thing, like... I don't know why I'm not excited, but I feel like they didn't give me anything different. If they took the trailer and made it good, that's what would excite me. I did think this one was better. Like, I don't know. I'm coming around a little bit. I did kind of like, um, uh, you know, the way that, like, him and her were fighting, like, grabbing hold of wreckage as they're falling out of the sky. Didn't look like the worst action scene. I think it's, um, I don't know. I'm still trying to put my finger on why the three of us are kind of meh on it. And it seems like the general fandom is not. Because um, they haven't had any MCU yeah, stuff for that a may year. Be it. 
Speaking of stuff, did you guys remember Agents of Shield? Yeah, out? eventually. So when when is it? Eventually, I t- totally forgot until last night when they posted that Daisy Johnson picture, and I'm like, "Oh, that's right." Just don't release it. it it'll be it'll be interesting. Just don't. But yeah, I don't know exactly what the disconnect for us is. I think some of this is the natural growing pains of because we came off of Endgame, it's just really hard for a movie to feel like an event, you know, like, and that's where I almost wish that they went smaller. Like to me, you lean into that challenge and you make this a very small, intimate, like I kind of would have loved to see what this movie looked like if it was a $65 million budget movie. Right. And that's where like, we don't expect an event right now. What we expect is something different. You know, I was expecting a spy thriller, and I didn't feel spy thriller. Well, and Rhiannon, I think you mentioned in our talk, like, how did this movie end up in this spot? I think we have to remember, this is a lot of dominoes from the James Gunn stuff, though, right? The original plan was a Guardians 3, which would have been this big, epic space something this May... And then July would have been like the Ant-Man and the Wasp palate cleanser movie. And then Eternals was going to be this weird, different thing. But as soon as they lost Guardians, they had to have something else in this year. And that forced Black Widow into this May spot. And I just think that that's the way that this this makes sense to me. Is that they kind of were forced to make Black Widow their big tentpole this summer. Instead of it being sort of the secondary tentpole. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're right. We're going to get lots of... I am more interested... I should also say, I watched it with my kiddo, and she is totally ecstatic. Like, she thinks it looks like the best thing ever, so... Yay! I'm so excited for her. And that's what... And I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, I am excited for the people that are excited. I follow one person on Twitter that is just amazingly excited about this like this is her year of black widow like every single scene she's planning cosplay and everything and yay for her like yeah i i i want fans to be happy not every fan can be happy about everything one thing i think that i always try to remember is um disney also has gotten where they don't have to show us what's in a movie like one of the things they're still good at is surprising us and particularly with Marvel. And so I think it's possible we're going to show up and it's going to feel like a really different movie than the trailers. And if that's the case, awesome. I, I remember feeling this way a little bit about Homecoming. I didn't love the way Sony sold it. And then I want, went to the theaters and I just thought it was great, you know? So. Yeah. Wait, did Sony sell it or Marvel sold it? No, Sony does all the marketing for Spidey stuff, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Sony has uh, executive control over the advertising for um, for the Spider-Man movies. All right, I'm trying to pull up our uh, mailbag here real quick. Oh, hey guys, this is our 150th episode. Is it really? Woo! Yeah. Nice. Feels like we just recorded 100 not too long ago. Only thing we had in the mailbag, Love Waffle. Mildly and morbidly curious to see if the coronavirus becomes the latest in a long line of things to delay the release of New Mutants. And it is. Ooh, that tweet aged well. You called it. Or that, 
that age well. Uh, on the Twitter, Nathaniel Milnar? Sorry, Nathaniel, messing up that last name. Uh, Marvel TV always gave excuses as to why they couldn't connect to the movies, including production scheduling. I think there actually is some truth to this, and Marvel Studios has budgeted enough time for each show to make sure they connect as much or as little as they need to. They may need to delay a TV show production to wait on a decision from the writers or directors currently making a movie. There's definitely a learning curve, but I think they know what they're doing. Yeah. I think with some of the, cause we talked about all the shows that we thought were going to film at the first half of this year or now are filming in the back half of this year. Some of that could be script stuff. Some of it could be like, Oh, Hey, uh, like miss Marvel. It could be that they have plans for young Avengers coming up. And so, like, as they make those plans, they've had to then adjust the script for Miss Marvel, and so they've had to push her back. It makes sense to me that there would be dominoes that way, you know. And also, it's really good that they planned way too much time for everything, since they're going to have all these delays. Yeah, that uh, that original April Miss Marvel shooting date is not going to happen. So, cool. That's all I've got. Are you guys all set? All good. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Um, I don't really know. Like, I feel like we're going to have more time to do things because we're all stuck at home. But the flip side is, I don't know if there's going to be any Marvel news because Kevin Feige's probably stuck at home, too. I don't, I don't know. Like, we'll see how this goes. Rhiannon says we should do the All Potato podcast. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out. We'll see. I don't know, maybe the world will be over by this time next week. We'll see. Hopefully not. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening to the show, guys. We'll see you later.